Hi, I'm Steven Schinder. And I'm Dan Schinder. Welcome to the Yes Shift podcast, where we talk about, wait, what do we talk about again? The band Yes. And there's so much to talk about with their many shifts in lineups and the mental, emotional, and spiritual shift their music can evoke. Since 1968, as of the inception of this podcast, May 2021, Yes has published a ton of studio albums, live albums, compilation albums, singles, and videos, all of which cover a very wide arcing spectrum of progressive rock. And we represent two generations of hardcore Yes fans. You may not agree with all of our tastes. Or any. The same way we don't always agree with a lot of the silly stuff so-called Yes fans post about on social. (laughs) And that's okay. With a history like Yes, having spanned so much music and time, there are always going to be different perspectives. We are here to share ours, comment on things we see online, and invite you to be part of it as well. Yeah, we welcome your comments on posts of these episodes on social, as well as reviews on our podcasting platforms. You can also send comments and suggestions for topics to yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com. That's spelled with two S's, just like yes songs and yes shows. All right, all right, let's just get to it. Very exciting news. It's not very often where we get to utter the words, there's a new Yes album coming out. Are you excited, Steve? Eh, kind of, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I'm really excited. Like, I woke up, like, 6 a.m. on, like, Wednesday, July 7th, and I looked at Instagram, and, like, there was the announcement with the artwork, and I was just, like, it really made my morning. Like, it's always great to wake up to this type of announcement. I think I woke up to the news of from a page back in 2019 sort of the same way like really like waking up and seeing it on my phone and like it's just really exciting whenever this does happen like on the very rare occasion that's cool um and for those old timers out there like me you may remember a time long before smartphones long before social media long before we had so much information at our fingertips that The only way we would find out about this type of thing was by listening to our favorite radio station. And um, how how things... Oh, so it wasn't via Telegram then? (laughs) Maybe a Telegram (laughs) and carrier pigeon smoke signals. Um, So so it is a a different world and it is cool to sort of like Steve said, wake up to that news because maybe you woke up to your favorite radio station, but it wasn't the first thing you heard. You might not have heard it until you got to work or got to school and other people said, Hey, did you hear? Hey, did you hear? No, no, I didn't hear, you know, and then you're waiting for it. Um, so it is cool. Uh, but so why don't we officially announce the announcement and Steve, you've got it in front of you for those of you who haven't seen it. And even if you have, we're going to go ahead. Steve's going to read the announcement so we can kind of unpack the whole thing and put it in context and give you our thoughts. We're going to talk about the, the cover art, we're going to talk about the mysterious producer that they they <laughs> hired off of the bottom of an off-ramp of a highway or something like that. Um, you know, the time in between albums uh, and some other interesting little factoid things. So, Steve, go for it. 
Right. So this is right on yesworld.com. The headline is Yes Announced New Album, The Quest, and it reads as follows. Yes released her new studio album, The Quest, on Inside Out Music slash Sony Music on 1st October 2021. Pre-orders will start from 23rd July. And this is a quote from Steve Howe, who says, It is simply an honor for me to have the opportunity to bring together the band members in the development of a well-refined set of songs that capture the band's true potential, said Steve Howe, who produced the album. He added, much of the music was written in late 2019 with the rest in 2020. We commissioned several orchestrations to augment and enhance the overall sound of these fresh new recordings, hoping that our emphasis on melody, coupled with some expansive instrumental solo breaks, keeps up the momentum for our listeners. Additional percussion was provided by guest Jay Shellen, who supplements Yes's live performances. Label manager Thomas Weber, um, I, I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. Listeners, you can correct us if you know the correct pronunciation. Yeah, it's Weber. Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's Weber. <laughs> uh, so Thomas Weber said, I'm delighted to welcome Yes to the label and am looking forward to seeing the reaction of a band's fans to the new album. Being a longtime fan myself, I'm really excited by the new material. Steve Howe managed to capture many of the important elements that we all love about Yes. Containing 11 songs, eight on the main CD with three extra tracks on a bonus CD, and cover artwork designed and created by the band's long-term collaborator, Roger Dean, the Quest will be available on vinyl and 5.1 Blu-ray and CD, all on the day of release. So we'll go over the track listing later on, but let's just unpack like all of this. Like obviously, like there are different reactions. Like people like myself are excited, and you had like the people here and there who are like, "Oh, John Anderson's not on this. I'm not gonna buy it or whatever." Or like people yeah. will ask if John's on it, or they might not know. And it's like, are, do people still think it's 2004? Like I don't get it. I'm just I mean, it's new, yes, music, and I've been enjoying the current lineups. So it's like, yeah, there's you, you also, know, it's, yeah, yeah, there's also uh, some people commenting saying that they've got extremely low expectations after their experience with Heaven and Earth. Right. Um, so I, well, I don't know what you want to address first. I guess we are addressing, you know, people's reactions and and there is a big mix i'm excited about it you know i'm also as curious as i am excited because it's only the second album with john davidson and when i was listening to some of the music you sent me to put together the the soundtrack for the intro and i listened to the game and some other things it struck me believe that believe again was the other one. Oh, believe again, yeah. Um, John Davison actually sounds more like Trevor, a young Trevor Horn, to a degree, but I'm happy to say he more so sounds more like himself than either John Anderson 
or Trevor Horn, which I think is great. You know, they didn't just get a a parrot uh, to emulate and try to sound exactly like anybody. Um, he sings in the register, he sings the notes, you know, all those things. But the timbre of his voice and everything ha- uh, besides is certainly his own. So it's, it is nice to see that they're putting out a new album. Um, so there you go. As far as the announcement and the the uh, reactions to the announcement by fans and non-fans. <laughs> right. So what do you think of the title of this album, The Quest? Like, what does that kind of I, evoke in your mind just reading that? I love the title because I love the word. And um, I actually forgot to mention when we first started this that we're calling this series a quest for yes, which is a play on words, of course, but it's also not. Um, I I think it's a great title, and I really, really hope that the music lives up to it. Um, if, If I could chime in on what my dream makeup of the album's music would be. I would like it to sound fresh. I would like it to sound new. I would like it to sound like this lineup, but I would like it to have everything from the gravitas that we've known yes for, as well as some of the really subtle, gentle nuances that we also know yes for. And each of the members in the band have had experience in both those dynamics and everything in between playing yes music and music on their own. So I would hope that they pulled it together. And I I like what uh, Mr. Weber said about him complimenting Steve Howe about pulling together all the elements. Now that could be subjective too. Who, who knows? Maybe the whole thing sounds like the middle of roundabout, or maybe the whole thing <laughs> sounds like rhythm of love, or maybe the whole thing sounds like from the balcony. Who knows? <laughs> right. But but I, I would like to think that because it took so long and this lineup has been on a quest to find their way and their sound and develop into who they are now, that we really hear those results. Yeah, I also really like this title. It sounds very medieval or medieval fantasy kind of thing. Like, I, I think that's due in part, like, thanks to, like, watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail as a kid, thanks to you. And, like, you know, they're on this quest. And so, and, you, you know, I, with prog rock bands of the 70s, I feel like every now and then there are, like, some uh, band names or album names or song names that kind of evoke like medieval fantasy. And so I don't know if that's like the intention here, but it does sound kind of like a throwback to like some of the stuff from back then. Like, like you'd have like Tales from Topographic Ocean sounds very fantasy. You'd also have demons and wizards from Uriah Heep or like stuff like in the court of the Crimson King or in the wake of Poseidon, like, just or star castle even like just names like that like this kind of makes you think of like all of that like it sounds proggy to me somehow yeah yeah it also sounds it's a timeless name it could have come out in the 60s the 70s 80s 90s early 2000s or now you know it it's a name that spans 
the same meaning over five decades. And I think it suits the band over the five decades as well, which is a, another element of the curiosity for me. Yeah. Fans, definitely. what do you think? Yeah, fans, chime in and tell us what you think. I know some people are going to chime in and say the name is Cheesy. Where's John? <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Just don't be a dick about it. Oops, <laughs> did I say that? Right. So another random observation that I made was that this is the third Yes Studio album to begin with the word the in the title. Do you know what the other two are? The Close to the Edge <laughs> and The Relayer. No, um, let me <laughs> The latter. Yeah. Think very early. The Yes album. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, on the album cover, the quest is written in the Roger Dean font that I guess this might be the same font or at least similar to the font that we've seen on various releases since the latter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you think of the logo as well as like the painting itself? So like yeah, let's move on to the cover because first of all, um, again, as an older person, I miss the, LP size artwork, even though L LPs mm. are back, but not everyone has them. I still have all my old ones, except for a crate that disappeared magically in one of my moves through life. But um, I will get to the formats that we're going to buy later, but I'm a big fan of cover art. I'm a huge Roger Dean fan. It's almost hard for me to look at a Yes album cover that doesn't have his artwork, even though there are a couple that are very, very fitting for those albums. Uh, we kind of touched on that in another episode, but I love the scenery. Um, the scenery itself might be one of my favorite covers, actually. Um, and I admit the the logo at first, the, the logo had to grow on me, but it grew on me real quick. And I say that only because it's not a new shape but that sort of leaded glass look. Um, I don't know why that took me a moment, maybe because I'm just so used to seeing a color gradient or those other designs, like I'm wearing a shirt from the uh, In the Presence tour and you know, there's been some other iterations. Yeah, that's a great logo. Yeah, I, I like those sort of patterns that you don't know what they are. Is it from a fish? Is it from a reptile? Is it just, no, it's just Roger Dean. Um, so <laughs> all, all in all, I, I, I truly, really love it i'm wondering what the bird um represents i haven't really analyzed the track listing yet we can get to that but did you see where someone in one of the yes groups we belong to outlined that figure that they say looks like chris squire looking off out into the valley and if you look, oh yeah yeah you see that yeah, it's, it's, one hand on the rock next to him and it it looks like a yeah. silhouette of chris yeah i know which post you're talking about and so I zoomed in on it after I saw that post and it's I, only a model <laughs> and it does look like it's shaped like a person, but I think what looks like the arm is sort of 
like the rock behind the majority of this rock. It's like connecting from a rock in the background to like the one that is like connected to this castle looking thing, which I really love the colors on the castle. But yeah, I do kind of wonder if it's intentional for that to look like a person. And uh, I mean, uh, if it's supposed to represent Chris Squire, like that's that definitely an interesting bit of speculation. It'd be cool if it was. I just don't know if that's the intention. But yeah, but yeah, I, I love the this landscape and the architecture, the tree. Like with Roger Dean, it's like he's he's always puts out good content. Like he always brings his A game to these things, and you know this just continues that tradition like just zooming in right now like up until now i haven't really taken time to admire the mountains that are like way way in the background on the horizon and it's cool how it goes from like blue to yellowish green type of thing right. um the logo with like the bird and the stained glass i i really liked it right away i feel like the colors go well with like the rest of the scenery it also kind of reminds me of the album cover of John Anderson's solo album Song of Seven back from 1980 just because of the stained glass aesthetic. Yeah. Um, like it didn't take long for this logo to grow on me as it did for like the Heaven and Earth logo which was like black and white uh, zigzag patterns that kind of kind of reminded me of a zebra and I felt like it didn't really fit the colors of the rest of that cover that much like it felt like maybe it would have suited something like drama more if only because of the animals on that cover and i guess like uh some of the landscape colors and lines on there but this one i felt like right away i was instantly like yeah that totally fits with this cover yeah We'd love to know what uh, you fans think also. If you haven't seen it yet, go to yesworld.com. Check it out. Um, it's a great piece of art. Um, I wonder, well, I wonder if it folds out or if there's a booklet. And we'll talk about the different formats because one of them cites an art book. So I wonder what yeah. that's all about. But we'll get to that. Um, let's talk about uh, this new producer that they used. Yeah, this person that <laughs> nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, I think it's real interesting that Steve Howe produced it. Um, I wonder how that came about and if it was unanimous, if the band asked him or if he just stepped up and said, I'll take the lead on this. I wonder how that happened. And I'm I'm real curious because uh, I love, I as as far away as it is, in time and technology from right now i love the sound of his solo album beginnings that's just oh a yeah great album and it really has his stamp on it in so many ways um so i'm curious fast forward how many years 40 whatever years 46 i think because that came out 75 yeah yeah I've yeah, I think it's 46. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm wondering what today's technology and all his growth as a musician and producing other albums himself, his own and things like that, like what we're going to end up with. Um, very curious. Right. And we've had Yes members act as the producer before, like 
Billy Sherwood, both of the Trevors. Um, Oliver produced the From a Page um, EP, I guess you could call it. Um, and Chris was credited as producer of Yes Shows because I guess he was he had the recordings as was sort of in charge of that. Yeah, I think he um, mixed it the, too. Yeah, but there have also been albums here and there where it says produced by Yes or co-produced by Yes. Like, for example, Going for the One and Tormato um, have produced by Yes on them. Yeah. Um, but this is the first Yes album where it just says produced by Steve Howe. And um, I was, yeah, I was surprised by that choice because a few weeks ago or, or maybe last month, there was like speculation that this guy named Curtis Schwartz might be the producer because there are like photos of him with the band in the studio. Maybe he's an engineer or mixing or something, but uh, clearly from this, uh, Steve Howe is the producer. And that makes me wonder like what, like, I don't know what exactly that means for how this album will sound. Um, it like basically, like, I guess we know that Steve Howe will, wanted to sound as best as he thinks it can sound and you know he's been in the band for like a long time so obviously he he has an ear for what yes sounds like when they're at their best um so yeah and we're, like we don't have any sound bites yet but yeah i'm surprised I'm, actually that they don't have samples with the track listing yeah maybe those aren't too far off but yeah, if the uh, yeah. Like I'm really curious, like how this will sound. Yeah, if the pre-order is um, July 23rd, I would hope they'd have samples up by then, so that it encourages people to buy the album. I mean, that's why you do that. So maybe they're still futzing around with the mastering or something. Um, but uh, yeah, great, great. Um, so let's talk about yeah. the time making the album, uh, Steve. How mentions in that quote that you read that a lot of the material was written at the end of 2019 with the rest in 2020 we all know that we moved into the pandemic you know maybe that's partly why steve took the lead steve how not you why steve how <laughs> took the lead yeah uh, i took the lead on getting yes to make this album. yeah you know being that they were all living in different places steve how jeff downs in england alan white up in uh puget sound area Billy Sherwood in the outskirts of Los Angeles, you know, maybe it was just someone needed to take the lead and just make it all happen. But um, so how long has it been since Heaven and Earth? Like, what's the time lapse between the albums? Heaven and Earth came out 2014. So it's been seven years since wow. it came out. And what's interesting about that to me is that in those seven years, they did a lot of touring but didn't record any new material. And that always kind of bothered me. Like, I love that you're still touring. I love you're bringing back a bunch of rare classics and deep cuts, but can you take some time and record some new fucking music? Yeah. Already? You know, that, that kind of irked me a little bit, but um, you mentioned something that I thought about after we talked about it. And that is when I was giving you my thoughts on heaven and earth, yesterday or the other day you said something like to the effect of yeah but it was rushed i i don't buy that as an and i'm not faulting you but i'm saying i don't buy that as an excuse or reason for
for an album to sound the way it did. Led Zeppelin one was recorded in two weeks. Um, Led Zeppelin presence was recorded in like four, four weeks or something. You know, I, I just, I think that they hadn't really found their direction and maybe that's the part that was rushed, you know, but um, I'm hoping in the seven years and in the time since Chris's passing where Billy's filled in, they've played so much that they've really gotten to know they're playing and maybe at sound check, they screw around with stuff. Maybe <laughs> before the official writing, they were sending jam tapes back and forth, you know, who knows? And, and I'm hoping that this just comes off as really developed and very, yes, what, whatever that means to whoever's listening, you know? Right. Cause I do think on heaven and earth, there are a few tracks where they could have fleshed it out more. So I do think more time would have benefited that album. Like, uh, obviously, you can make great albums in a short amount of time. It's a case-by-case -case basis. Um, but with this, like, I think part of the reason it took them a while to get around to recording this, like, obviously, you mentioned the touring, but also, um, well, I mean, uh, there's this other reason I thought of, but I guess we'll start with, like, the touring. Like, I do think they've put touring first for, like, much of these years and that was a, a roadblock for ARW like they kept teasing oh we're gonna make and record new music but they kept like like a couple of the members at least have said that touring always kept getting in the way and they couldn't figure out how to like get in the studio with each other and it, it just felt like like as great as the ARW shows were that project feels incomplete to me because they never got around to really releasing like a full studio album of new music. It was just something that was sh shown on the radio and that was it. And now they're done. So I'm glad I think, that. I, I just want to okay, say, I think to ahead. that note, that whole project was a cameo basically. You know, I, I just think it was a cameo appearance of themselves as themselves. <laughs> You know, they like just, it was like a nostalgia trip. Like, yeah, they just like jumped it, out, it did was, this thing, and now they're gone. Yeah, I mean, John Anderson had been riding with Trevor at least as far back as 2008, maybe 2006. And then they were, like, riding with Wakeman as far back as 2010. And it wasn't until, like, after Chris's passing that they started, like, uh, planning to, like, do ARW because it's like they're not getting younger, but it's like with all those years of writing, it, it just boggles my mind that they didn't have stuff they're ready to just record and get out. And uh, there's also like, apparently it, it was hard for them to get a record deal, which I don't know what the deal is with that, what the story yeah. is. But, oh, they don't really but, have um, a good track record. That might be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I definitely think touring got in the way and because of like the pandemic it maybe accelerated the release date of this album maybe if they had kept touring if the pandemic had been a thing like maybe we wouldn't have seen this album till like a year or two from now but i think another reason it took them a while to get around to recording something is you know after chris's passing they were like trying to get acclimated to like a yes without 
Chris in that bassist role. You know, they got Billy in the band and they've known him for a long time, but they might have felt like they needed a while to like really like get the, I don't know what the metaphor is off the top of my head, you know, break in the boots or whatever, like try to get this, get used to this lineup and how they work together. And then like the 50th anniversary stuff, I guess they wanted to like focus on that for a bit before putting out new stuff. But now it's like finally happening and, you know, better late than never, you know? Yeah. Um, Cool. Let's talk about the element that is mentioned in the announcement, and that's orchestrations. And the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that is maybe it is going to have that gravitas that I mentioned. And I wonder if Steve Howe drew back on his personal experience of recording magnification and what those orchestrations brought to that, as well as some other previous experiences on solo as well as the earlier days even before he was part of the band where they brought in an orchestra and maybe it's a way of tying a timeless element in back into yes music or something yeah like like you said orchestras are not a new thing for yes and it can be done well um but I mean, back in 1993, Steve and Bill Bruford and as well as John Anderson for a song were on this thing called Symphonic Music of Yes, and it was mostly instrumental. And that album was, it's kind of more like background music. It doesn't really have gravitas, but like the other stuff like Magnification and Time and a Word, it's like really rocking and symphonic. And so I really like that they're, like experimenting with this. I mean, we've even had orchestra orchestrations on Onward, right, on Tormato. And right. so I think this will be a nice element to throw into the sound of this new album. I'm just curious, like, how much of the album has orchestrations? Like, is it half the songs or is it all of them? Or who knows? Like, we won't know until we listen to it probably. And how are they used? You know, who knows? Yeah. And then, because yeah, well, because he says it's to help make it sound more melodic, and so yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting, I guess. Yeah. The next thing on our list, and let us know, folks, uh, just for fun, go ahead and take a moment and comment with what is your favorite yes song that has real orchestration on it, not a mellotron or anything else, but real orchestration. Steve, what's yours? Not counting anything they did live, live that right. didn't originate. Yeah, a, a studio okay. recording with orchestration. What's your favorite? Yeah, I, I know I know my answer. Give love each day. Okay, yeah, that's a great one. Mine's from the same album, and it's um I think it's either Spirit of Survival or um no, That's a great one. Or um the one that Alan plays the piano in the beginning. Do, 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 do. In the presence of? Yeah, in the presence of. Duh, I'm wearing yeah, you're wearing a tour <laughs> shirt that has a similar name. <laughs> oh, boy. These senior moments are great. That's why they have to put me with my son so that I have some guidance throughout this whole thing. 
Um, yeah, I think either of those two are my favorite. I love the the bigness of Spirit of Survival. So are we going to get something like that? Who knows? That's why I'm so curious about this. Um, yeah, it, it like blows my mind that we are now 20 years removed from magnification. I remember crazy. Being, being a kid and list, like put, borrowing the CD from my uncle and playing it on the like the CD player thing like oh, that's part of a radio or stereo whatever it's called it's right yeah it's and weird <laughs> for context folks Stephen is going to be as this is being recorded in 2021 he'll be 27 this year i yeah. will not be 27 this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm pretty much like half the age that yes is more or less and yeah like it it, it boggles my mind that now the union tour is closer to the formation of yes than it is to now. Like it's not even the midpoint anymore. Wait, say that again. Run that by me. Like, like the union tour, the right. year that it took place is closer to the formation of yes than it is to, to today. now. Oh God, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, Next on our list is Jay Shellen contributing and um I I don't know if I have much to say on that. Um I'm sure whatever he did is good. We've seen him live kind of augment and give Alan a break. For those of you who don't know or have seen something but not known what was going on, Alan has suffered severe back issues over the last few years. And Jay is clearly in line to take that seat if and when Alan bows out while the band is still together. Right. There's much anticipation that it might have happened by now. There was even anticipation as to whether or not Jay would be the drummer on this album or that whatever the next album would be. And I think there's still some anticipation as to whether or not Alan's going to be on the tour. Um, I'll have to call him and ask him. Well... Well, his name is on the poster for the tour right. for next year. So, but how involved he'll be in the set list is like we'll just have to see. But yeah, yeah, like Jay Shellen has contributed a lot in the live setting. So, like on the studio album, like I already know, I already knew a couple weeks ago. Um, There's like some interview that Billy did where. He said that Alan played all the drums, and so that made me wonder like whether Jay contributed at all to this new album, but clearly he's contributing some percussion and um like I'm glad he's at least on it, you know, because like he's been a real help to the band these last few years. Uh, I think it's been like five years or something because he was on the topographic drama tour that was 2016. And like to have him on a Yes Studio album, like I'm, he's also been on the live albums, but to have him on the studio album, like I'm glad he's on there. It's just a nice little thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like we see an eyeball peeking out from between the two seams of the curtain, whereas sooner or later he's going to jump all the way out. <laughs> and good for him. Right. You know, that That's awesome. Um, New label, a subsidiary of Sony, and you mentioned that they had been on a couple other labels, but I think technically 
they were with um, Atlantic slash WIA for, you know, the lion's share of, of the life of Yes, uh, signed originally yes. by Ahmed Erdogan with Atlantic. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the label does for them and, you know, how all that works out. It's who knows. And right. Thomas Weber is, you know, a, a, he's probably, I mean, my age or younger, maybe. I don't know. I have to look <laughs> him up. I don't know. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. New label. Let's see what they do as far as putting this out there, getting it out. Um, I do like the multiple formats. We'll get into that. But as far as the songs listed, I really wish we have some samples. We'll do another episode and break those down and actually insert them. Uh, when we do have those, I keep clicking on them, hoping they'll become active. But I'll go through and read the songs and the lengths, okay? Um, okay, but uh, before we do that, I just want to, like, I looked up some stuff about the labels that ah. Yes has had. So um, they were on Atlantic up until, like, before Union, because, like, ABWH was on Arista, so you know, because of a merger, the Union album was on Arista. And then Talk was on Victory Music, I oh, believe. Yeah. That, that record label folded. Um, and then I think it was Essential Records for the Keys to Ascension stuff. Um, I, I don't think that went anywhere either. And, and then like for the few albums after that, they were on Beyond slash Eagle Music, and then uh, 2011 with Fly From Here, they were on Frontiers Records. Um, and so Frontiers released that, and from like in the present, Life From Leon, as well as Heaven and Earth, and a couple live albums, like the Like It Is albums. But then in 2015, you had Rhino releasing oh, yeah. some stuff. Like they, like they released the live box set of like yes uh, concerts from 1972 and then they released a few of the like more recent live albums until like the royal affair tour one was actually under the bmg label and like in the meantime uh yes 97 llc was the label for flat from here return trip and from a page so yeah, like, I don't know what happened with Frontiers and those other, like, more recent things like BMG, but uh, it's, like, it's interesting that they are on this new label. And apparently, like, Inside Out Music slash Sony Music has had other prog rock artists. Like, they had, like, the Anderson Stolt album for five years ago was released by them. Mm -hmm. um, I think Dream Theater is also under them. Uh, there was an Asia album, Silent Nation, like before the reunion lineup thing, um, like that was under that label. Huh. So there is like some prog rock stuff in this label. So yeah, I'm curious to see how they like mesh uh, with the S, how they handle it now that they're under their wing. Very cool. Thanks for doing all that homework. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the track listing, according to the Quest, two CD digipack is as follows. CD one is the ice bridge at seven minutes and one second. Dare to know six minutes minus the man is five thirty five. 
Leave Well Alone is 806. The Western Edge is 426. Future Memories, that's an interesting title. Future Memories, 508. Music to My Ears, 441. A Living Island, 652. And then there's three bonus tracks on the two CD set. They're on CD number two. Sister Sleeping Soul at 451. Mystery Tour at 333. And Damaged World at 520. So while there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six songs over five minutes, not counting the one that's over by only eight seconds, um, the longest one clocks in at eight minutes and six seconds. So there's not a what we know as a long epic on this, and I'm totally okay with that. I just want, I just want the thing to really be fun <laughs> and, and great and representative of the yes world and, and all of that, you know, that, that would be good enough for me. Um, right. Um, it's, I mean, I have thoughts on these song titles, but I guess before we get to that, because you brought it up like the Epic thing, um, there was something that I noticed about this track listing and it's like, maybe the majority of fans don't notice it. It's like, you don't notice it unless you know about it, right? But back in like Heaven and Earth era, there was a song that John Davison and Jeff Downs were working on that was described as like a long piece. Um, I think they said it was 10 minutes, but other rumors and reports said 18 minutes. And like apparently it's titled Horizons. Uh, not to be confused with the long John and Vangelis song, that's my name, but uh, when I saw Yes on the Topographic Drama Tour and I met uh, some of the members, like I talked to Jeff and asked him about the song that he and John Davison were working on and he was like, it's still on the radar and it should be good, but like fast forward five years and I don't see that song on here. Um, I don't know if it's been repurposed for any of these songs, but like the announcement said, like the music was written 2019 to 2020. So I don't think Horizons uh, is on this album under a different title or anything, which I mean, like I really want to listen to that song just because I've known about it for so long and want to know what it sounds like and apparently like davison and downs like it and it's like uh yeah i'm curious about whether it could be on a later release or if maybe davison and Downs have their own side project like davison and downs has a nice ring to it so why not so i don't know yeah it's an interesting topic because jeff downs has proven to be an awesome collaborator the work he did with trevor horn before and during yes and of course, his longtime writing partner, John Wetton, you know, the music mm. that they cranked out in Asia is just will live forever. You know, the man has really put out some awesome music. So I'd, I'd love to hear a Downs heavy, heavily influenced piece of music. Um, that's really cool. Great. Now let's talk about um, the different so, formats. Oh, I. I did you want to talk about the 
like song titles? Like, oh, do you have sure. any thoughts on any of them? Yeah, I, I think what caught my eye the most was that Future Memories has such an interesting oxymoron sort of title. I want to know what that means. The Western yeah. Edge um, is interesting to me because we know that Steve Howe is a big um, fan of and influenced by Western American music. Um, uh, so that that's interesting. Yeah, um, I, I kind of wonder. Uh, I mean, Future Memories reminds me of Future Times, so it's a really cool title. Yeah. But the Western Edge, I kind of wonder if that could be a Steve Howe solo piece. Like, do you think any of these are Steve Howe solo yes. piece? Or? A good point. Actually, I wondered that about the Western Edge, Music to My Ears, and Mystery Tour because they're so short. Um, but I do want to mention that uh, the Ice Bridge at seven minutes and one second for the opening track sounds real interesting because I don't know what you think of, but I think of an adventure. I think of it's a journey, it's a quest, it's an adventure that leads into the ice bridge, and the ice bridge mm -hmm. is the antagonist and protagonist of the song at the same time. They've got to conquer it. Um, I, I'm curious if that's at all what it's about. I, I know I'm just totally guessing and making this shit up right. in my head. Who knows? <laughs> you know, it could be yeah. way off. It could be the name of their favorite snow cone shop. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind. I'm kind of surprised that. There's not an ice bridge on this Roger Dean painting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it could be like on the back or in the booklet or something. But right. Yeah. Also, a living island sounds like it could be like you could make something Roger Dean esque out of that in a painting, couldn't you? Definitely. It sounds like an ecosystem, or is it a person who feels outcast and all alone? Who knows? Yeah, and. Minus the man stood out to me because, I mean, someone else made this observation as well, but I kind of wonder if maybe that could be a sort of Chris Squire tribute That's song. That's what I wondered or, as well, yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, there could be something on here that pays tribute to him because he was such a huge part of the band and their lives. Like, well, yeah, it's that... It's that yeah. thing you're referring to is the big bubble you bursted that you said looks like a rock, but it's a silhouette <laughs> of Chris looking out into the valley. I, if it is a tribute, I hope it's obvious who it's to rather than people interpreting it. Well, no, it's yeah, about just, Chris. No, it's about John. Yeah, mention, no, it's mention about Patrick Moraz. In there. Like you just got to mention a fish in there and people will know. Yeah. Yep. So cool, cool. Right. And... Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with these, with having these bonus tracks on a separate CD. Um, I mean, Mystery Tour obviously makes you think of Magical Mystery Tour, but like, I'm curious about like how these bonus tracks, like how they might differ from like the other stuff. Like, do they just not fit very well with the other stuff? Are they like, like I don't know. Like I, I'm not sure what the reason is for like this division between the track list. Because like the first eight tracks are shorter than an hour altogether, and I feel like it could fit all of these onto one CD. So like I don't know what the reasoning is behind this. That's a good point. Maybe they were afterthoughts and dug up and refined or finished after the rest was set. Um, mm. I don't. I don't know. It's a good question.
what format or formats are you getting? Right. So I guess we should list them first. So there's the limited edition deluxe 2LP and 2CD plus Blu-ray box set, the limited edition 2CD and Blu-ray art book, the gatefold 2LP and 2CD plus LP and booklet, the 2CD digipack and the digital album. So, so a, for me, yeah, I'll go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, I have a question and I'm sure some people are gonna think if they don't already that I'm a complete dumbass, but what is a gatefold? I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a term I've heard a lot, but is it I've album? never like actually. Is that album that opens up? Maybe, like, like, I wonder if it's maybe like how, like the Relayer and Tails series yeah. are. I'm okay, I just looked it up on Google Images. She's and, yeah, just so quick. I'm just like getting a Google on my phone. So what is it? <laughs> yeah, it does look like you open it up. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, a gatefold um, used for advertising and for packaging. And okay, perfect. Yeah, well, like it does look like something you open up. Okay, so what are you going to get? You go first. Yeah, so I do, I, I remember really, and well, okay, so I generally, when I buy these albums, I get the physical CD, but even though, like, I'll definitely, like, listen to it uh, digitally, like, online, because... Um, you know, like, Yes Official, like, posted songs on YouTube or whatever. It's on Spotify. Uh, but, um, like, I do really like the Digipack packaging. I think that's what the description was for, like, the Fly From Here Return Trip release. And I really like that, the aesthetic of it. Like, you can, like, open it up and whatever. But I'm intrigued by this art book like this blu-ray art book that's mentioned and like the second thing listed and like i i guess the book is probably the size of a normal blu-ray case if i'm not mistaken and i feel like if this art book is something that's not included in the digipack like in smaller form i guess like I, i'm probably leaning toward getting the the two CD with the Blu-ray art book. But again, like, I feel like I'd have to like see what the prices are and what these things look like. I'm sure we'll have like a good look at them when pre-orders are available. But yeah, it's like, I'm kind of between those two options. What about you? Um, I'm definitely going to get the two CD digi pack because I am old fashioned and I like the physical item um i'm tempted to get the gatefold 2lp with the cds and lp and booklet so i'm not sure why you'd want to buy the lp and the gatefold 2lp in the same package but that's how they have it i don't have um a turntable to play it on well i have a 1924 victrola but that works, but I don't think it'll go well <laughs> on that. But Enja and I have talked about getting a turntable because we recently acquired a few hundred collectible albums that are mostly 
musical and classical and I'm finding some jazz stuff. I'm still kind of going through it all. We're probably going to sell a bunch of it, but keep some gems and finally get a turntable again. I could play my old records. And so if I get an LP, it'll be the first LP I have purchased since. Um, probably um, Speak of the Devil by Ozzy Osbourne, uh, which came out after Randy Rhodes passed away and Brad Gillis is on that on guitar. I think that might have been the last LP I ever bought. So that would have been like 83-ish, I think, something like that. Um, the last Yes LP I purchased was, was either Drama or Yes Shows. Didn't Yes Shows come out after Drama? Yeah, it came out yeah. a few months after, which yeah, so that I always was, thought it was kind of weird because it like yeah. happened before, but yeah, that's how it happened. And that <laughs> was one of the beginnings of what became normal for Yes, just stuff happening out of order and band yeah. coming and going and going and coming. I told you earlier on the phone, you know, like Rick Wakeman, you know, like a booger, you just can't get off your finger. It's just he's always <laughs> there. He's he, other than his initial joining of the band, he's rejoined four times, right? He rejoined for the yeah, Onion. Yeah, four or five. Something yeah, like the yeah. Onion Full Circle Tour. Um, keys. Um, keys. Going for the one. Going for the one. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Which, by the yeah. way, by the way, I meant to mention this when we were talking about covers, but I didn't want too much of a diversion. But since we're there and, and right. almost at the end of the show. I'd love to see if they can reimagine fly from here and replace Benoit's vocals with Trevor Horn. Why can't we get Roger Dean versions of going for the one and Tormato? Maybe it's not as fitting for talk and, you know, those albums with Trevor, but certainly I'd love to see going for the one and Tormato fashioned by Roger Dean. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, that's an interesting idea because it's like, would he try to base it off of the covers are already there, but do it in his own style? Or would he come up with something that he thinks fits the album title that he would much rather do? Like, I, I would I love for him to just immerse himself in the music and see what that right. conjures up to the end of the brush or pen. Right. But um, you mentioned, while we're on the subject of like the members... I noticed that, like, while the Facebook post about this album mentions the members on the album, the lineup is not listed on the yesworlds.com announcement, which I think is kind of weird because it's like, I mean, I guess the fans who have been following the band know who's who's in it, but apparently not. All these, <laughs> but there are all these other people who are like, oh, who's which members are on this album because they might have been out of it, like not in tune with like what Yes has been doing the last several years. And so, yeah. I don't know. I just found that kind of odd that they didn't just list like how Davidson, Downs, White, and Sherwood, a along with Shellen in this Yes.com announcement. Yeah, that is weird. Right. Cool. But so I guess... Uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to like this next point, which is like, how much of this material do you think might, but do you think yes, might perform next uh, year? Because they're planning on doing like the, a relayer 
that's right series tour in may and june next year so with some other classic pieces and none of these are classic yet so would they debut any of it i don't know that again is very fragmented disjointed it it's not congruent what's what they're putting out and what they're advertising as a tour aren't congruent with each other so i really don't have a clue i don't know right because it reminds me of that situation where in 2014 like they started like the album series thing in 2013 right and then 2014 they were doing close to the edge in reverse and all of fragile and you know they also had like a couple of the usual things but also like just a couple of heaven and earth tracks like they played believe again the game and i think they only played two ascend at one show or a couple of shows and then it got dropped or something and so they like the new material they didn't really take as much of a chance with it in the live setting as they've done with past tours like the talk tour or the ladder tour like that had a really great balance of the new material yeah. even on the symphonic tour like yeah, they showcased a few magnification tracks, but I felt like the the main focus was like classic yes music with an orchestra behind it. Like I felt like that was the main focus rather than the new music to to me anyway. So I would hope that like when they do debut music from the quest in the live setting that they play at least half of the material. Yeah. Maybe four or five of the tracks like you know, by by the time of this relayer tour, this album will have been out for for seven, seven or eight months. Yeah. So and like fans will, that's have, just yeah. Cool. Well, right. we're gonna wind it up, folks. We'd love to get your thoughts. We of course will do another episode, uh, maybe not completely around this album, but including it in some news and discussion when we get some sound bites. And then of course, when the album comes out, we'll see if we could even get a member or two on with us to talk about it and talk about the process and answer some of these other questions we have. Uh, drop us a comment. If you're watching this or listening to it on a platform that has comments enabled, and you can always pop us an email to yes, shift podcast at Gmail. Dot com. Let us know what you think. Be kind if you hate it. And also uh, let us know if there's some topics you'd love to have covered or questions you'd like asked of certain present or past yes members. I think that's about it, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we've fulfilled the quest of this episode. Absolutely. And looking forward to having listeners join us on future quests as well. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Much more to come.